Ephesians chapter 5. I want to read to you out of the Amplified Bible. This morning I want to minister to you a little bit about busting out into harvest. How many believe that God would actually have something dynamic for your life? That your life, that little lady right there was saying, she was telling you the harvest that came off of the seed they sowed in prayer. She was saying, we made this investment, this is what we did, this is the investment this we made, we've been sowing, and this is the fruit or the harvest that has come out of the investment. I believe God has that for every life, amen, for each and every one of us. We have a place where we fit, we have a place where God has set us, and He has this dynamic harvest connected to our life. And so it's important, last week we, we continued on with the theme of resurrection, I'm touching on that this morning as well, this is Sunday. Sunday. This is Resurrection Day. This is New Beginnings Day. Amen. God has that for us. We celebrate that every week. We worship God on Sunday because this is the day we worship Him on this day because this is the day our Lord rose from the dead. We remember that. Yesterday was, was the Shabbat and, and Friday and Saturday was the Shabbat or Passover. The day that God passed over because of the blood He passed over our judgment. Amen. And we are free from the judgment of our sin. Thank God for the words of the Lord this morning that said we've been grafted in to bear fruit. Amen. And, and, and that others would see that fruit and for the word that says that we don't have to be ashamed and, and, and that we are qualified in him. We're covered by the blood, forgiven the invitation to come and be accepted in his love. Thank God for the word of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. But we need to know that. And resurrection life is what he gives to it. Look at the cover of your outline. Our purpose as believers has never, was never designed to be fulfilled just within the four walls of the local church. Being a Christian is larger than this. This is a part of it. This is equipping. But being a Christian is larger than church attendance. Our purpose is to flow out from these four walls into the four corners of the earth. How do we do that? One way is just like that sweet little lady said, by prayer. Look what they said. We began to pray and it began to flow out from the place where we were. We began to walk. You know that Joshua said, the word of the Lord to Joshua was, every place the sole of your foot shall tread upon, I've given that unto you. When we have the lock-in and the youth do the prayer walks and they walk through plow. People go, well, that's a silly thing. Why are you walking through Placerville? Because every place the sole of our feet is tread upon, God has given that unto us. Every soul that's in this community. Come on, we need to take claim to something. And part of what happens in our Christian life is that we're willing to agree but not engage. We agree, but engagement and investment and, and, and participation is a whole different level. And we think that as long as I'm in green, I'm engaging. No, you're not. You're just agreeing. And a hush came over the crowd. Hallelujah. So our purpose is to flow out from these four walls into the four corners of the earth. Jesus did not allow his disciples to remain in an upper room. Think about that. They had an amazing experience. And sometimes that's what we want to do. We want to run back to the room for another experience. God, that was a great experience. Let's go back in the room and have another one. Let's go back. And, and, and then we get roomitis. We, we, just, we keep wanting God to show up in the room. But He showed up in the room so He could send us out. He said, go and tarry until you're endued with power. And then I'm going to send you out into the whole world. Somebody say Amen. Hallelujah. So he does that. He wouldn't allow them just to remain there. We are here to live large in the earth by virtue of the greater one living in us with resurrection, life, and power. No boundaries have been set by God when it comes to living and fulfilling his purpose in our lives. How many would agree? 
I like what Jesus said to them. Many times they would come and he would just say, according to your faith, be it unto you. I believe that needs to be really a declaration over our lives that our faith, when we come to God by faith, there really are no boundaries. The only way to live for a cause greater than yourself is to be willing to open our eyes to see one. All around us every day, there are great causes that we could participate with. We're surrounded daily with opportunities to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. All it takes is the courage and the willingness to see them and then to act upon them. So the question is, how do we bust out from the boundaries we have set upon His limitless promise and purpose in our life? How do we get free from that? Look inside your outline if you would. Ephesians chapter 5 and beginning in verse 15. I'm going to read to you out of the Amplified Bible. Listen to what it says. Beginning in verse 15. Look carefully how you walk. Live purposefully. Live purposefully. And worthily and accurately, not as the unwise and witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people. Amen. I love that verse. Especially in the Amplified. Verse 16. Making the very most of the time, buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. The, you, if you, you, King James Bible says redeeming the time because the days are evil. But I like what the Amplified said. Making the very most of time, buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. Verse 17. Therefore do not be vague and thoughtless and foolish but understanding and firmly grasping what the will of the Lord is. How many know that Paul's saying that that's possible? Amen. For us to understand. And that our lives, that, that, that there could be a break out of our lives, that we have this purpose, we, we have this, the, the, this great goal that we can accomplish in God in living to that purpose. Listen to it out of this translation, which is kind of, I like it's called the Seek and Find Bible. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 15, listen to this. Act like people with good sense. That's a word right there, amen? Act like people with good sense, not like fools. These are evil times, so make every minute count. Verse 17, this is what they say. Okay, just so you know it's in here. I didn't make this, okay? They talk like me, but I didn't write this, okay? Verse 17 says, don't be stupid. Instead, find out what the Lord wants you to do. Find out what the Lord wants you to do. Hallelujah. So, I love that. Come on. We can do that. We can be people with good sense. Living like that. Not like fools. Amen? Hallelujah. So, what we let God do in us determines what He can do through us. Please hear me this morning. When you say, God, I'm here, but I'm not all here. Meaning that I'm here, but you can only go this far in my life. I'm only going to open up this much to you. I'm going to keep this back. I'm going to reserve these areas. I'm going to keep this part closed off to myself. This is my private area. This is not an area where I even let God into. Then what you let God do in us is what determines what He can do through us. We're born again and have the life of God living in us. Now we need to let God grow in us and through us. If we allow God to grow in us, then we will see His increase around us also. Allow God to live large in you. Every time I preach on this 
kind of topic or around this area, I, I, I always am amazed when I look at my life and who I was when I got saved and what my conditions were. And then I look at what God has done to my life over these 30 plus years. I am amazed that God had anything connected to my life like what is connected to my life. Do you understand what I'm saying? I am just amazed. And when you and I begin to live purposely what God had... We, you, the enemy comes and sets such a constricted boundary around our life. He, he, the, the devil's goal is to shrink everything about your life down to the smallest nth degree. To get it down to the least common denominator. To make you think you have no influence. You can have no impact. You can make no change. You can make no difference. Listen, that, how, many, how many of you look at that sweet little lady? You walk down the street, you would have no idea. If you ran into her, you would not have a clue that that lady initiated a prayer movement 22 years ago in her house and believed that God would fill it and that her front yard would be filled and that as a result of that mayors and leadership and city councilmen and superintendents and fire chiefs would come out of the influence and the, the limitless boundaries that God set upon her lives. Yes, sir. If you met her at the, at the store, if she was in the checkout line in front of you, you would not think that she was a woman of influence. But she is. Would you agree? But look about your life. So, so, and the devil goes, well, you're nothing. Look at that. Nobody sees any greatness. But God sees greatness in you. He sees His limitlessness in you. Think about it. If we allow God to grow in us, then we will see His increase all around us. So allow God to live large in you. How do you do that? Enlarge and increase your capacity for God. When I enlarge my capacity for Him, He will cause what I do to increase. Increase the size of God in your heart and you will increase the fruit of your life. I like that. The word of the Lord this morning, hey, I've grafted you in that you'd bear fruit and the people would see your fruit and I'd get glory for it. That's awesome. Amen. God must have read my notes. Amen. Think about it. Increase the size in your heart and you will increase the fruit of your life. They can't say it anymore because Mario Cuomo is trying to shrink our size. Or not, or what's the guy, that, not Cuomo, but Bloomberg, yeah. Yeah. You, you got to be demon-possessed to take away a man's soda. <laughs> to, to put a boundary on a soda, you can drink this much and no more. How many know you got a problem? Amen. And my problem is the dude's a billionaire taking away my soda. You know what that means? He's greedy. He even wants my soda. I'm just teasing. Amen. But I'm saying that because you used to go into McDonald's and they'd say this. Would you like to supersize that? They don't ask you that anymore because now we got to post the calories on everything. Hey, if I'm in here eating, I know it's not good for me. Hello? We're eating this much. Yeah, now I feel terrible. Hallelujah. And I'm eating it. In fact, I'm ordering two. Two sixteen. I might get three. Forty-eight ounce me. Three sixteen cups. Amen. Anyway, I'm just saying. But, but in that, see, with God, God would say, hey, when you come to God and you have your vision, I believe the Spirit of God says, hey, would you like to supersize that? 
the devil says, hey, you have boundaries all around your life. And God goes, no, you don't. Why don't you just supersize that? Why don't you just take that to another level? Why don't you just believe that I will do everything I declared that I would do over your life? Think about it. The fruit of the Spirit will produce a harvest of increase out of our lives. Learn to agree with the resurrection life that is in you. I told the people Tuesday night when we went to prayer with our city pastor's prayer here. We meet once a month and get together on Tuesday morning. And Pastor Craig from the Seventh-day Adventist Church, he just goes, hey. And they kind of asked him what we did for Easter and doing different things in our theme. And, and Pastor Craig goes, you know what? I've just been meditating on the resurrection life of the Lord Jesus Christ and how we have no real concept of it. And if we ever got a real concept and real understanding and revelation of the revelation life, resurrection life of the Lord Jesus Christ, it would transform us. And I'm like, woo, yeah! Amen. Are you listening to me? So he's saying, hey, and you would think, you, you would not think in, in our natural mind, you would not think that you would hear a Seventh-day Adventist pastor or somebody else from what we think a more conservative life talking about resurrection life and transformation and limitation. And we need to take the boundaries off and we need to know the life of God. You and I have resurrection life living on the inside of us. Somebody ought to shout amen. And, and when you say, God, I want to live by that life, God says, hey, well, go ahead and I'll supersize it. I'll release the fullness of my life through your life. So three ways here to enlarge your capacity for God. Number one is the Word. The value we place on His Word is the value He has in our life. Your value, how you see this Bible, how you perceive this book, how valuable His Word is to you, is the value that God has in your life. Do you know that Psalm says, the psalmist says that God has exalted His Word even above His name? To God, His Word is who He is. Do you know how powerful is the Word of God in your life? You got saved by the Word of God. Your Savior is the living Word of God. So for you to trivialize the book, when the book came to life and died on the cross and rose from the grave for you, you missed the whole point. Jesus is the living Word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. So increase your capacity for His Word. Secondly is prayer. Why are we promoting prayer? Why am I pushing prayer? Why am I participating with every kind of prayer that's out there? Because prayer builds trust and intimacy with God. Years ago I heard Ed Cole say this. He said, you become intimate with the one you pray with and the one you pray to. That'll help you. Amen. So prayer builds trust and intimacy with God. And then third is in giving. The giving of my life to and for others. This is the greatest place where, where the devil restricts your life. Some of you since 2008 and, 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 and our, our so-called recession that hit, isn't it amazing you're still alive? Isn't it amazing you haven't had to miss too many meals? Maybe you missed a few, but you're, hey, you're here. You're alive. Some of us have gained weight. How many know what I'm saying? But see, whatever it is, the, the world comes in and the light comes in and it restricts. And so through this thing, you're letting a voice undersize you and restrict your giving. Restrict your living for something larger than just your life. And that fear comes in and it shrinks you down. 
And so you increase your capacity for God, increase your capacity for prayer, and because the fear, well, if I lose it, if I don't, i got to protect. And so now fear has gripped you, not faith. And you have to do something. There's something that has to happen in your life. When fear tries to come, you, you have to break through that. There has to be an action that says, I refuse to be bound by fear. I refuse to be restricted. I'm going to open my mouth. I'm going to preach the word of God. I'm going to pray and intercede for the law. And I'm going to give for something greater than just my own need. Hallelujah. Giving of my life to and for others. And then next, never forget the cross. Never forget the cross. I don't live here. I live there in the cross. I live in the resurrection power of the cross. But all we have and all we are came through the cross. How many know there's no resurrection without the cross? To be raised, he had to die. And so the cross, so we go through the cross. And there's great power there. But on the other side is this resurrection life. Solomon's dedication of the temple was called... A shambles. The word shambles means a meat market, a slaughterhouse, a place of mass slaughter and bloodshed, a scene or a state of great destruction, wreckage. That's the way they described it when he dedicated the temple of God. If you have your Bibles, turn, if you would, to Second Chronicles. Chapter 7. The nation comes together to offer sacrifices at the dedication of the temple. Verse 4. Then the king of all the people offered sacrifices before God. King Solomon offered a sacrifice of 22,000 bulls. 120,000 sheep. How many know in this room, 200 sheep would be a lot? Especially if they were in here with you. Amen? But we could probably get more. We could probably get maybe four or five hundred sheep in here. Amen. Now that's real sheep. That's not church sheep. You need more comfort and room than that. Amen. Are you with me? Now why? But listen. Hear it again. What did you say? 22,000 bulls. And 120,000 sheep. How many know that when they offered sacrifice like that, that blood flowed? And the reason they said a shambles is because at the dedication of that temple is that there was so much blood flowing. It was like a river of blood coming out from the altar out of the temple flowing out at that dedication. But I want to tell you that that is nothing compared to the blood that flowed at Calvary and the power of the cross and the redeeming power. The word of the Lord this morning after all the 140 some thousand animals slaughtered in dedication and blood sprinkled and applied everywhere on everyone could do nothing that the blood of Jesus Christ can do when it came to cleansing your conscience and making you feel unashamed. Hallelujah. The word of the Lord this morning was said that you are not unworthy. Don't call worthy unworthy what I have declared is worthy. And there is blood that has been shed over your life and over my life. And you need to take that boundary off as well and live in the limitless forgiveness of Almighty God. Somebody ought to say Amen. Hallelujah. Now watch this this morning. Stay with me. Are you doing all right? 
Think about it. That day was nothing compared to Calvary when they dedicated that temple. Let me ask you this question. How do we know when he's living large enough? Go with me to Matthew chapter 9. How do I know when he's living large inside of me? Matthew chapter 9 and verse 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogue and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease amongst the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, hey, the harvest is truly what? The harvest is what? Listen to me, Solid Rock. There's a plentiful harvest out in El Dorado County. There's a harvest that God wants to reach and He wants to touch. But listen to what He said. But the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest that He would send laborers into the harvest field. And I believe we need to pray that prayer in the first person. God, enlarge me. Help me take the boundaries off my life and let me see the harvest that you've connected to my life. Amen. We talked about it in discipleship this morning. That it's not just enough for us, a group of guys, to come together. We need to look and say, who else could be at this table with us? Who else needs a bond of fellowship? Who else needs a band of brothers standing with them? Amen? And then reach out to them. Go beyond the boundary of just our limited fellowship and release that. Come on, we could supersize everything in our life. How many would agree? Praise the Lord. So when I see more than me, I see the need of those around me. Jesus came. How many know Jesus did not come for himself? And that's the life that's on. I'm so thankful for resurrection life. I'm alive in God. Let me just put it to you like this. My life is taken care of. If you're born again, your life is taken care of. That frees us to live for others. Hallelujah. We can live for others. We can give out of our lives to others. We have, I have life. And life more abundantly living in us when I accept the Lord. Praise the Lord. When I'm driven to do something about what I see, He's living large inside of me. When you're moved to do that, it's so easy. Like I said earlier, agreement is not engagement. We need to do something about that. Pastor, Brother Wayne and I are talking to to Sharwan about Contemplate how to help him launch an orphanage there. How many know we could look at India and see a need? And we could show you, and you could agree, man, that's a great need. I agree, there's a need there. But if we would ever help him to have an orphanage there, we would have to get engaged. And we would have to engage with more than just a word of agreement. Amen? We would have to give to that, and we'd have to live for that. Hallelujah. Listen, I know he's living large when I'm not moved by the cost. No cost is too great compared to the return. Giving breaks the shackles of the fear of not enough. Giving breaks the shackles of the fear of not enough. And this is the very reason right here that I'm taking the offering at the end of service today. Because so many times we don't have a chance to answer an altar call concerning freedom that we need in this area of our life. Amen. Because if you're living in the fear of not enough, then the devil has a stronghold in your life. He has a, and, and that'll contaminate every other area. You, you can't keep fear restricted. Well, I'm only afraid of the dark. No, you're not. 
There'll be something now, and then something else. Anything contrary to the nature of God never is content controlling one area. It wants to spread. Anything, anything. How many know that, that a cold is not satisfied just being in your nose? It's not satisfied until it's in your eyes. It's not satisfied until it's in your throat and in your lungs. Amen. And you're not just blowing your nose. You're bringing snot from the deepest recesses of your body. Amen. See, because viruses aren't content to just a little area. You know, I, 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 I'd be content with just a corner of your nostril. That'd be cool. I mean, I'm, I'm being silly, but how many know that that's not the way it lives? And fear's not content just in one little area of your life, one little aspect. It'll spread over. It wants to rob you of every area of faith where you try to operate and believe God. If you're afraid of this, you've got to be afraid of that, and that leads to this, and that leads to that. Then the next thing you know, you start listening to your own words. You go, wait a minute, when's the last time I said something in faith? When's the last time I declared something in faith? I, I, I had the privilege of being here with the ladies and helping them out and serving. And, and, and I remember Sister Janet speaking and Pastor Sue speaking about this area of speaking to things and declaring and taking the authority that God has given to us. You need to take some boundaries off your life in that area. Amen? Declare God's victory and the power of that resurrection in your life. So how else do I know? When my eye is on the harvest and the return and not on the investment. Come on, guys. You can say whatever you I, I will live the rest of my life living and giving and serving God if I could see one more life touched like I saw some of these lives touch. I had a privilege of watching live and God do miracles in live this weekend and some of the ladies, not just our ladies, but ladies that came from all over the region who came and God began to minister them and set free long-term issues in their life. One lady, almost 12 years of an issue in her life set free in a moment. Hallelujah. But listen, if we weren't living and giving to have a place of worship like this and have that, how much longer would she be carrying that burden? I love it when the woman who was bound over came in and, and Jesus says this, this woman has been bound. Satan has bound her for 18 years and she came into the church and the people in the church were content to let her come in and go out. Come in and go out until Jesus showed up and he said, this is unacceptable. This is unacceptable. And he says, this woman is a daughter of Abraham. And she has a right to be free on this day, on any day. She has a covenant with God. This is unacceptable. And when you and I break out of the boundaries into Harvard, things that we've allowed to come in and go out, something will rise up inside of us and say, this is unacceptable. And if I have to give everything I have and spend my life so that one who's been bound by the devil for 18 years can be set free, it's worth it all. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Pastor, why are you preaching like this? Because we're either going to have a revival or a riot. Amen. We're either going to have faith or we're going to fight. Amen. Are you ready? 
Come on. Think about it. You were created. Get this this morning. Please get this. I haven't shared this thought, and some of you have never heard this in a long time. Some of you are new, you've never heard this. You were created to receive and produce increase in all that you do. You were created to receive seed and produce increase in everything that you do. Your business is supposed to prosper. God says everything you put your hand to do should prosper. It has a prerequisite that he remains first in your life. He didn't say go put your hands in thing and prosper and forget me, never honor me, never give me anything, never respect me, never have time for me. And then say, oh, thank the Lord is prospering me. No, you're not. Don't blaspheme against God like that. Amen. God never prospers you to move you away from Him. God never blesses you so much you have no time for Him. God blesses you to move you into the harvest and compel you to the needs that He wants to tell. Prosperity is always for the increase of kingdom purpose. Somebody ought to say amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Genesis chapter 1, the Lord creates the earth. And on the third day, He caused the earth to come up out of the ocean and the dry ground to appear. And He declared that the earth would receive seed and the seed would contain power within it to reproduce after its own kind. And then, when He made man on the sixth day, He took some of that third day soil that was created to receive seed. Are you listening to me? He took the dirt. You, you are dirt. If I put you in the ground, you become compost. I put your body in the ground. You are dirt, Bubba. Honey, you are. I'm sorry. You may be good looking dirt. A lot of makeup on it. Nice clothes on you today. But you're dirt. Amen. And if we put you in dirt, you will become what you came from. And it doesn't matter what kind of box we put you in. Dirt will become dirt. We put you in an airtight box. You'd just be dirt in an airtight box. Hallelujah. <laughs> but wait a minute. The dirt you were formed, he formed it, and then he breathed life into it, and dirt came to life, and the dirt was created to receive seed. And the seed that the earth received has power within it to reproduce after its own kind. And 1 Peter 1 and verse 23 says, You and I were born again by an incorruptible seed, which is the Word of God. And when you and I receive God's Word sown into our heart, when we say, God, I am a field. Listen, Jesus went out and He taught the parable of the sower. And he likened your heart and my life unto soil and the word sown in that soil. And he says there are things that keep the soil from producing to fullness. But when the word of God gets in this heart of good soil, then that word reproduces some 30, some 60, and 100 fold. The seed has the power in it to produce. The soil did nothing but receive the seed and agree with the seed. Make a demand on the seed. When you plant a garden, when you put a seed in the ground, soil receives receives it and the receiving of it places a demand and the seed does what it contains the power to do it reproduces in multiplied form after its own kind I'm preaching everything I got this morning amen listen to me the devil tells you you can't. Wait a minute. I am formed. You are formed. How do we break out of these battles? Wait a minute. 
I'm formed out of third day soil. I was formed to receive seed. And then when that seed comes, it has the power. Colossians chapter 1. Read it in your Amplified Bible if you have one. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 6. Paul said, I rejoice. In hearing that the message of the gospel has come unto you and that it is continuing in you. And it is, you, you, since you received the message of faith and that seed of faith. And, and the, the M5 Bible says that it's reproducing after its own kind. I'll read it to you, don't believe me. <laughs> Turn to Colossians chapter 1. That's God calling. He always calls when I'm on point to confirm my word. Colossians chapter 1, and verse 6, 5, verse 5, because of the hope, experiencing what is laid up, reserved and waiting for you in heaven, of this hope you heard in the past, listen, the message of the gospel, of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you indeed in the whole world, that gospel, that gospel, that word, what am I doing today? I am sowing words. I'm speaking word, and, and you're determining right now whether you're going to receive them or not. And you're determining whether you're good ground, wayside ground, stony ground, whatever kind of ground you are, you're determining that right now. But if you receive this word, and it gets planted on the inside of you, the word of God, I'm not preaching you Don Pritchard, I'm preaching you Bible. And if you receive the word of God, the word of God reproduces. Listen to what I said. The word of the gospel, the gospel, the message, and the words of the gospel came to you. You received it. Verse 6, indeed, in the whole world, that is, the gospel is bearing fruit and is still growing by its own inherent power. Not man adding anything to it, but the seed, the word of God grows by its own power. And when you and I hear this this morning and we get set free, we keep thinking, man, I have to do this. I have to make this happen. No, you don't. The word of God has power to produce after its own kind. And when you and I receive the word of God, we struggle. How do I struggle with my Christianity? Just start agreeing with the seed that's on the inside of you. You have life on the inside of you. Quit trying. The world wants it and the devil wants you to agree with everything else around you. Wait a minute. No. I have life inside of me. Resurrection life. And I choose to agree with life. Not death. Not cancer. Not disease. Not terminal illnesses. Nothing. Not disabilities. Not fear. Not discouragement. Not oppression. Not anxiety. No. I agree with life. Hallelujah. With life. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Watch this with me. So you're formed on purpose to produce. Soil of the earth was created to receive and reproduce. Receive seed. Produce a harvest of increase. You and I were formed of the same third day soil. Listen to me. Look at the next point. God has provided all the ingredients for increase. Soil, seed, and harvest. We all live under the blood of redemption, restoration, and authority, and dominion. It's time again to be fruitful and to multiply. Pastor, why are you preaching like that? Because I shared it with the men this morning, and I'm watching globally as I watch people, and, and, and church attendance is doing good, and churches are growing, our church is growing, God's people are coming, and it's awesome. But attendance is not what God is after. He is after harvest. He's after harvest. Amen. 
Noah was a type of our redemption. And we now have authority over the earth. And our seed is to repopulate. What do I mean by that? Noah came out of the ark and God spoke to him again. He said, now be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. That's our goal. But how many know we're supposed to be doing it like that little lady said? We're not supposed to allow and, and agree with our communities. To go down a road of destruction with gang violence and everything else. Amen? We, we don't have to agree with drugs taking over our schools. We don't have to agree with all the stuff going on. Come on, the church needs to rise up. And I shared a couple weeks ago, hey, for all the, I said it on Tuesday night, for all the churches that we have in America, how come the morality of our communities aren't changing? We're not getting better. We should be getting better if we were being influenced, if we were really being the salt and the light. Are you with me this morning? Bill, if you come back to keyboard, please. Think about it. Every scene, every scene has an assignment. And every opportunity to sow is a time to release seed for harvest. I encourage you. We have time left this year. Let this year be something. I don't know. You know, next month I turn 60. That's exciting. And uh, not as exciting as my daughter getting married, but that's exciting. Amen? But, but it all happened the same week. It's going to be a great week and all that stuff. But I'm thinking, I'm 60. And I'm right in the middle of what God declared to me that 50 to 70 would be my most productive years. Amen. And then I'm starting to think about this. I said, God, I don't want to keep doing things the way I'm doing them right now. I sat down, Brother Wayne and I were talking Tuesday night. I said, God, I want to change. And I told him, I need to change some things. And I, you need to be praying for me. I, I need to learn how to restructure some things and redo some things. I don't want to be caught up busy in the wrong stuff. Amen. I don't want to be your pastor caught up busy in the wrong things. Right. Amen. I don't, I don't want to lead you in just being busy. I want to lead us in harvest. Amen. I want to see God do what he's declared he would do through our lives and the reason that we're here. And I'm starting to think about, you know what, I, I'm going to be here a lot longer, but I'm not going to be here forever. And if the Lord tarries, we have something we have to pass on. Some of you in your 30s, I was just there last week. Thirty seems like last week. In fact, I still barely act thirty. My wife is still waiting for me to grow up. Amen. All the guys are going, yeah, I know. Huh? <laughs> Hear me this morning. Let this be the year that you bust out. Come on, I, I want to change something. I'm working to restructure something. You may not see it, but there's things God is saying to me and things I'm doing. And I'm telling you, change is coming. Amen. First of all, to my life. And then it flows out of there. I found out when I change, everything around me changes. Somebody say amen. amen. God has placed an assignment and an instruction for harvest in every seed that He created. And you can place a demand on that assignment in your life and in your seed. You are third day soil created for increase. You are third day soil created for increase everything about your life should be defined by the increase that comes from receiving seed and that seed reproducing after its own power and the harvest that flows from that amen in our lives I need the ushers to help me I want you to do this this morning I want you to pass out an offering envelope to everybody in the house
might not have enough with you, but pass one out to everybody, please. So I can continue on with this. Let me just say this to you. These last couple points as I close this morning, then God's going to do something amazing in our life. Jesus was called, Jesus called those who followed him from what they were doing to what he was doing. Jesus called people from what they were doing to what he was doing. From what they were doing to what he was doing. He redirected their purpose for life. And he had no problem asking for a total commitment to his purpose. He didn't ask for a one-time offering but for a lifestyle of sacrifice and giving for a lifetime. He said, hey, come follow me and make this your way of living. Make this your way of living. And our giving, I heard Pastor Ray Johnson at Bayside, we were down there a couple weeks ago for a leadership thing, and he shared a quote from, from Billy Graham. And Billy Graham said this, A checkbook is a theological document because it declares who you worship and what you worship. Amen. But Jesus said, hey, make me what you worship. Make me at the center of your life. The devil says, hey, if you give, if you live by that, remember all the fear that you have. Remember what will happen. But every seed reproduces after its own kind. It increases. It increases. Jesus said, I need you to be all in. I need you to give in a way that you are all in. Living that way. Again, he didn't ask for one time. But for a lifestyle of giving. Mark 10 If you read 17 through 31, the return that Jesus offers is always greater than the investment. And there's no fear of loss with God. The initial investment scares most people away. Forsake all is a scary phrase. How many would agree? And I'm not just talking about your giving this morning. But what what happens is in connecting our finances and our resources are our life. Everything about your life, and I keep thinking, when you hear everything outside, every voice you hear tells you how to direct your finances. Am I talking true? How, how, many, how many here, I mean, it just, it's just amazing. Every voice, you need this, have this, get this, do this, do this. Direct your finances here. And God says, hey, direct your finances towards the kingdom. Because that's your life. And, and, and once something besides Him starts directing where my life goes, then everything changes. And I always bring myself back to this, God, am I getting caught up too much in these other things? Am I getting pulled away? And I start listening to people and fears and worry, and you feel things being constricted. And then the Lord says, if you need to do something, step out and do something that's not natural to do. I heard one guy share when we first started the church, he came as a businessman. He said, you know what? It was easy to have faith and to give when everything was going good. A few years ago, it was easy to have faith and give. Everybody was great givers. 
Because then it was easy. We had more than enough. Our houses were going up. Everything in our life was going up. All of our plans were going up. Now if I'm going to be a giver, I have to purpose to be a giver. It has to be out of the conviction of my heart. And it comes back to that root cause. But I found this. If I'm restricted in my giving, I'm probably restricted in my witnessing. My loving and my serving. Nothing stays in one area. Are you listening to me? And then once I get restricted, then it's hard for me to receive. Because once you restrict, to restrict you have to close. To give you have to open. How many are listening to me? I'm talking about breaking out of the boundary. Breaking through the boundaries out into harvest. In every area of your life. Because if I'm restricted, I'm too concerned about what I have to have time for anybody else. To stop, to tell that person how much Jesus loves them. To to be able to hear the word of the Lord. To be able to tell that person when I hear them talking about a condition in their body. You hear somebody in the store behind you, around you. And and so I'm too constricted to hear the Holy Ghost say, hey, pray for them right now and I'll heal them. And show them my power and then you can tell them I love them. Are you listening to me? Because that thing, it constricts me. It constricts me. Let me show you what God wants to do. God is always willing to do more than we can imagine. Amen? Teresa, I need somebody. If you have a small child in the nursery, I need you to do me a favor this morning. Sister Janet, not only is our secretary, but she oversees our our nursery ministry and children's ministry. And when people don't show up, she fills in. So about once every six to eight weeks, she gets to be in a Sunday morning service. About once every six to eight weeks, she gets to come in here and do what you do every week. Amen. And this morning, there's a word from the Lord for her specifically. Do you know where she is right now? In there with children. She's giving. She's giving opens up the windows of heaven. Giving opens up the windows of heaven. You listen to me this morning. Many people, when am I going to get here? When am I? Well, if, if you're not a giver, you're constricted. You're constricted. You're constricted. And the Lord can't get through walls that you put up. Are you listening to me? Some of you are going to get a breakthrough this morning. Some of you are going to get a breakthrough this morning. Teresa came in with these words of knowledge this morning, just shaking in the spirit. She said, there's somebody here with the growth on their back that's black in color. God's going to heal that. God has a specific word for Janet concerning her back and the anointing of God that's going to come on her in just a moment. Ray, God has a word for you in your life. Somebody else, there's been a growth that showed up on your face and God's going to heal that this morning. Somebody else... There's a lady here, and your fallopian tubes have been twisted, and God is going to turn them around and flip-flop them. I like that. Amen. Hallelujah. And then there's somebody else here that's been bound up in a spirit of anger, and God's going to set you free this morning. What I'm saying is that God always tries to come. He always tries to come in. But things come in and constrict you. But sometimes you do something that causes you to break out. To break out. And then God breaks in on you and floods in on you. And I just, I just sense that God, listen, when we get so constricted with our time, people think, well, you, you watch what's happened in America today. 
How many grew up with church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and revival meetings and everything else? And people went to church all the time. And when you got saved, you just did church. You did life. Church became your life. Now the national average is this. I'm just telling you, what I'm preaching is not out you, but for you and what the enemy is doing in the earth. In the last days, strong delusion comes. Okay? And think to me. And so what happens today, today, the average church attendance is once every three weeks. Once every three weeks. Ours is the same. Ours is the same. Our attendance goes up 60, down 80, up 100, down 50, down. I mean, just zoom, 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 zoom. For, for our church. And then thing. And, and then they did it. Ray Johnson said, the nas- you know what the national average of the world in charitable giving? The world, secular world. Do you know what the secular world gives on an average charitably? 3%. You know what the national giving of the church is? percent. We are equal with the world. The church has come down to where we are equal with the world in our giving. And then we wonder why, how come Christians are having so many divorces? How come Christians are dying prematurely? Because we are so constricted and constrained about everything that the world is concerned with. And, 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 and we won't do what it takes to break out to make the choice. Are you with me this morning? Like I said earlier, I'm going to live and give my life. I got so blessed with my friend. People that are dear to me. One of my dear friends from when we first started the church. Part of our life for so many years. The enemy comes in and wreaks havoc and then carries that wound for so many years. And God set her free this weekend. God brought her back to the place where the pain occurred so she could be restored at the place. Amen? I love that. And if we'd have missed it and backed up and done something else, we'd have missed that opportunity. I'm going to keep living. When you see the harvest that comes off of living and sold out and saying yes to God, I'm going to ask you, I should do it. Bring all of our offering buckets and put them up here this morning. Lay them up here. Because something, when I'm in a place, when you're, when you're in some place, when you're in some place, you can't just agree mentally and get out of it. You have to get up and get out. Jesus called the last, said, Lazarus, come out. He didn't just say, wake up. He said, come out. And Lazarus didn't just hang in there going, hey, Jesus, I'm alive. I'm in here. He came out. Amen. And then what was still on him, Jesus said, loose him and let him go. I'm telling you, there's a release that's coming this morning. There's a release that's coming this morning. Some things have got, if your life has felt constricted and held back, and, 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 and even in your giving, a fear around giving, be, becoming a tither. How do I do that? How do I tithe? How do I give? How do I do that? And, and then, and just, just constriction. I've just felt this. It's felt so crazy. Just, just, I don't even know how to explain it. The word just came out to God is praying this week. I said, God, what do you want to say? He said, preach on busting out 
into the harvest. Bless it. If you're going to get out, you're going to have to break out. Amen. Kick out. Decide. This morning. This is all on you. How you give, what you do. I'm just the delivery boy. The response is up to you. Somebody say amen. What you want to do. I, I just called to be obedient to God. But I felt, I told our guys when I pray, and I said, guys, pray. I don't know how this is going to go. I feel like this is what God's telling me to do. I'm just going to be obedient to God. But I think, God, people are carrying things, holding on to things. They're saying, when is my answer going to come? When is my breakthrough going to come? When is this going to come? It comes, the, the woman who was about to die, the prophet said, hey, bring me, make me something first, and, and then make something for yourself. That, that challenge to break out into the harvest and the increase that God has for you is there. Some of you have made vows, you made promises to God, made declarations to God. Say, God, why is all hell breaking loose around my life? Come on, we declare things to God. You need to stay true. Somebody shout amen. Stay in that area. If you're here this morning, you have a growth on your back, God wants you to heal you. Come up here right now. Janet, come up here right here this morning. Amen. Ray, come on up here. Amen. If you're here this morning, you're a young lady, and you have fallopia, that's you about your fallopian tooth, come up here this morning. If you're here and you're batting the spirit of anger, God wants to release you this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Teresa, come up here with me. Hallelujah. If you're here and you have any other need in your life for healing or anything else, then you come up and stand up around here. I told our elders, get ready. We're going to pray this morning. We're going to break through this morning. God has a breakthrough in this house this morning. He has a breakthrough in this house this morning. And then what's going to happen for you, I want you to just to pray right now. Whatever God tells you to do financially, you need a breakthrough. You've been constricted. This is your moment right here this morning. Lord, I want my, I want my checkbook to be my theological document that my life belongs to you. God, I don't want to be constricted. I don't want fear holding my life. God, today, after my breakthrough this morning, I need freedom in my life. I don't need my life closed off. I need to be free. So as God moves upon you, you bring an offering this morning. Amen. Teresa, come over here. Where's Jesus? Where's Jen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now I want you to just begin to worship God. Begin to worship God wherever you are. Begin to worship God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I watched God do this this weekend. I told the men. I was at a women's conference. I didn't come there to minister. And God, God showed me He's more willing to do things in your life and do something through you than you are to receive it or to have Him move through you. Teresa wrote this down. The word of the Lord is rain down. Rain down. I'm going to rain down once and for all. It's done. Like the woman with the issue of blood. Twelve years is long enough. This has been long enough. Hallelujah.
Right now. Right now. Right now. Yes. 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 Touching. Yes. See? 